1: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
0: Now we're on, and this is another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm afraid of Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here. I think he's on assignment. Or, I don't know where he is. And I use that as an excuse. That's what they always say, right, Simon? He's on a night out, isn't he? Didn't he say? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Like it's his regularly sketch. Yeah. It's the last Thursday of the month. He said,
1: and he always goes out. I think he's doing line. I think he's been taking a line dancing course for the last year. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I think that's what he does on the Thursday night is he goes line dancing (laughs) with the, um, Christian brothers of, uh, North Florida association.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Perfect fit
1: for Chris Coffee, I mean, right?
0: <laughs> Just the perfect fit. Like
1: strawberries and cream, like
0: yeah, yeah. Milk and coffee,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> brothers and sisters, which apparently they're also into. Uh, yes, not Chris, but the 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 Christian society of North Florida.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. This show, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E, if you're not in Florida, because they have a little tiff going with the hard rock people. So if you're not in the state of Florida, you can still become a member of Prize Picks. Use the promo code 5, you deposit $100, you get $100. BetterEdge.com. They are, however, in Florida. They can't get rid of them, okay, because it's peer-to-peer, so you can't get rid of them. BetterEdge.com forward slash the number five reasons You deposit and you get $20 just for signing up Uh, our discord. Of course, discord.gg forward slash only we got a lot of combine content in there. And then next week we're going to seamlessly move on to free agency as the dolphins have a lot of work to do. Uh, By the way, uh, let's just start here very briefly. I don't think we want to spend, you know, 15 minutes talking about the Miami dolphins cafeteria, but then NFLPA survey, I don't know if you saw that, Simon. I'm pretty sure you did. I think we posted it on on OnlyFans. Yeah. Dolphins. A's across the board, including stephen Ross and A plus. Like that should net us yeah. some some good vets on one-year deals, no?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, uh, I saw Chris went a little bit postal about people saying, Yeah, that's all well and good, but why can't we just win games? <laughs> Which it, it, you know, is a fair comment, frankly. But these things really matter when it comes to free agents and it comes to those sorts of things you know um the minnesota vikings recently moved out of their old beloved facility into an old uh, into a new building that had been used by northwest airlines in the part of minnesota until northwest got sold to delta and essentially they said that the old facility whilst it was great just was a detriment to attracting free agents because it was cramped and it was the locker rooms were cramped and there was no you know, whereas the Dolphins facility and what they're trying to build with the culture that Tom Garfin, kind of Stephen Ross, have been building is, um, you know that that's just another reason why, you know, you've got Mike Madani, you've got the weather, you've got the tax situation, but you know, if you want to, if you go there and, you know, the food is good and it's free. Some teams, you know, make their players pay for for things. There's a slide. There's just those facilities that just. You know, you want players to relax and feel comfortable and feel at home and be at the facility and be around each other. And those things are important. And, you know, they can be the difference between a free agent taking a little bit less money, but thinking, you know what, the the environment and the culture here is what I want to be around. And yeah, I'm going to make, you know, half a million less over the course of three years. But, you know, the food's free. You know, so, <laughs> yes. so yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, I know that's that was a facetious last comment, but the, the, the fact of the matter is that that it, it, it is important, it's important,
0: yeah. I don't know if you saw a pro football talk, Mike Florio did a takedown of Clark Hunt and the Chiefs, they were 31st. Uh, oh, were most of the, yeah, most of the complaints came uh, at the expense of their owner because Clark Hunt is notoriously cheap as he built. A six thousand square foot home in Arrowhead Stadium. So he watches the, uh, the games from a three bedroom, six bath home at Arrowhead Stadium. Okay, he spent—I uh, think the number is five hundred million dollars in the suites at Arrowhead Stadium, and they're still in the same facility that opened in nineteen
1: seventy-six. You seen his wife. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, he could do no wrong, frankly. What a yeah. rocket! Yeah,
0: Clark, uh, yeah, uh, Clark Hunt. Just better hope that they never change. They never turn the financial system in in football to the one that we have in baseball.
1: Okay, what do you think? What do you think she found attractive in the multi millionaire Clark Hunt?
0: Well, I researched this because I didn't want to go off, you know, half cocked. Uh, he's worth fifteen billion dollars. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, he's slightly ahead of Stephen Ross. Okay, so he's extremely rich. What's he's Stephen Ross worth? Eleven. So yeah, Stephen Ross is not you know he's not slouch. I think he's the 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 third richest owner.
1: Imagine having eleven million dollars.
0: Well, $11 million, you know, I can imagine that. I'm talking about $11 billion.
1: $11 billion, sorry.
0: Imagine <laughs> I can't imagine it. No, I can't that's imagine Crazy. Yeah, But I can vouch for the Dolphins facilities. It's absolutely fabulous. You haven't been there yet, right, uh, Simon?
1: Uh, no, I haven't, no.
0: Okay. Uh, the only thing that's going to be a culture shock is that everything is absolutely beautiful, except the the press workroom. It resembles like the waiting room of a maximum security prison. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm complaining, and a- Nolan,
1: <laughs> all right, just the, in case the, you're listening. The, the press box at the stadium isn't amazing, is it?
0: Nah, it's all right. It's it's okay. So it's, it's fine, okay. but it's... Yeah, it's run of the mill. You know, it's nothing special. You know? But that facility, Jesus Christ, these players have it almost too good, man. Yeah. <laughs> that place is absolutely beautiful. As far as a football facility, it's absolutely beautiful beautiful and i've been at every part of it by the way and that white room is insane the practice fields are immaculate uh it's just a great facility and yes the food is awesome they give you two options mm-hmm. for the, the the press every single day in camp and i'm telling you one one day they had brisket and i'm like these people are trying to poison us today selling <laughs> brisket <laughs> i mean giving us brisket right i actually tried it and i'm like what the hell is this? Like this place is really, really good. Like this is restaurant quality. And sure enough, uh, the family is always there. They're you know, they're in the in the cafeteria, they're having lunch while the players are are practicing. It's a great, you know, it's it's just a great atmosphere, it's a great facility, it's a great organization. Now win some playoff games for Christ's sake. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh Chris Greer spoke to the media, and uh, I think I'm fluent in Chris Greer because um he made a lot of things clear okay, during this availability, except one thing, which was I thought was, and I think we could lay to bed right now. He said, oh, I haven't closed the door on, on Xavier Howard coming back. Uh, I'm closing the door, okay? <laughs> I think he's signing Stephon Gilmore's deal from two years ago. I say two years, $20 million, and he's probably a Dallas Cowboy or a Houston Texan. So I think we could close the door on Xavier Howard returning. You agree?
1: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's coming back. I know that he's coming back. Just watching Edrin Edg- Cooper on a 4:52. Nice.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, I got that on the background. I'm, I'm, sp- I'm spying it with with one yeah. eye, and we will talk about that in the second half. Of yeah, this, no, he's not.
1: He's not, not coming back. He's not coming. back.
0: But uh, there were some changes here. First of all, oddly, well, first of all, extremely optimistic on Andrew Van Ginkel. That seems like almost a foregone conclusion. Almost the way he was talking about it.
1: Um, yeah, Andrew Rosenhaus. they can't afford to let him go because of the injuries to, to everybody else
0: yeah he's important but he was also oddly optimistic on christian wilkins but extremely pessimistic on robert hunt and if you believe what certain analysts are saying and the pff guys you know whatever you think about pff pff is pretty good about uh spotting value or what the contracts will go for they got him pegged at 17 million apy jesus christ yeah. like at that point you just say well you know rob it was nice having you around but i can't see myself i can't see i i don't see how it's responsible paying for any guard even if he's a first ballot hall of famer paying him 17 million dollars a year so yeah um, i just
1: worry about what's going to happen though the, the how's the gap being filled you know how's the 'Cause that is worrisome. You know, what wh- what are they putting in there? Who are they you know, who are they getting in? That 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 would frighten me in terms of, you know, trying to protect the quarterback.
0: But that's how you read Chris Greer's comments, right? On Robert Hunt. It yeah, seemed- absolutely.
1: Hunt's gone, mate.
0: Yeah, like like he sounded completely defeated. Like he I, I, he sounded like he, he was already sound- out the
1: door. Yeah, I thought when they signed uh Jackson that that was the death knell for Hunt. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, do you think that Kevin Dotson is going to be like his, uh his rabbit? Whatever Kevin Dotson gets, Robert Hunt, whoever was the bidder or the loser on on the Kevin Dotson sweepstakes, is just swooping in with their money and just handing it over to Hunt, which means yeah. he's probably going to get every dime he wants.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, I think Hunt, you know, he's not been a he's not been to the Pro Bowl, but he's a high caliber player who can play multiple positions. You know, he'll get a he'll get an excellent deal or he'll be a very rich man, but I I don't think he'll be in Miami. And, you know, that, that's that got to be a concern for, you know, excuse me, for an offensive line that consistently hasn't been good enough uh, and now we're losing a really important piece. That would be um, foolish, I suppose. Uh, and we only have, you know, two picks in the first, five round, in the first four rounds of the draft. Um, yeah. And we are in a cap situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw um, Barry Jackson today talking about Isaiah Wynn and him coming back to the working out of the facility and those sorts of things. And you just think, you know, really, are we going to go into the season with Toronto, Arms and Isaiah Wynn <laughs> and a new right guard and Austin Jackson? And, you know, wouldn't surprise me if they re Connor Williams. And I'm a big Connor Williams fan, but, you know, he's coming off and he'll be coming off an ACL. I I I don't know. I despair and, and and you know you do go back to those comments that Chris Greer made last year when he laughed at the press and said you know you guys worry about the offensive line a lot more than I do. Well, you know this is I I don't know. I'd love to I'd love to speak to Chris Greer and just say to him what is the disconnect here because your your offensive line isn't very good, Chris, and it ha- historically hasn't been very good. And I don't really understand what you think you're doing especially when you're trying to protect your quarterback. And you know that down the stretch protection issues were massive. Um, mm. Yeah. Vegas yeah. belief.
0: Yeah. Greer also revealed that uh, he had communication with Robert Hunt on an extension during the season, which uh, he's essentially telling you he turned down our offer and we handed his money to Austin Jackson. <laughs> like he, that's what's essentially he's saying now moving on to more Greer speak. Uh, Teron Armstead. Uh, not that he was optimistic, but he seemed to be like, oh, you know, he hasn't told us anything. Although Teron Armstead keeps telling everybody, "I'm coming back. Trust me when I tell you." And then Mike McDaniel gets on on with Florio and he says, and he says, "No, take your time, Teron. Like, are they trying to ease him out the door <laughs> and trying to save some more money? Come I mean, June, I
1: think, I think they'd like to. Sorry, Dallas Turner's just running." 4.47. Nice. That's a good time. Um, I, I think they'd like Armstead off the books, and I think if he retires, um, you know, that's going to be a significant win for them. But um, yeah, I just again, but it, it's all well and good us saying, yeah, Armstead needs to go, but who's who's the replacement? Yeah, who's the day one replacement? You know, because they're out of reach, probably, of. You know, the guys that, that, that certainly the left tackles, Alt Fashanu, okay? They're out of reach of the guys that are right tackles but could play left tackle. Definitely Latham, probably Guyton. They're probably out of reach of all of those guys. And Fuaga. And that that throws up two players, which are Fautanu and Jordan Morgan. Now, Morgan's got really short arms. Mm. Um, and lots of people saying he's going to kick inside to guard. Uh, and fatanu might be better suited as a left guard so who's playing left tackle mm. you know and they're about to you know there's all this talk of them making this crazy deal with Fatua to make him the most expensive player in the league which they would just be the laughing stock of the league if this happened I, I you know i'm all for paying the guy but if you pay him in the same bracket that you that joe burrow and justin herbert would paid no matter how high the, it's not about how high the salary cap has gone. It's about paying him for his worth. You know, and you have to factor everything into it. Late season collapses, not beating big teams, injuries. Yes, he's been excellent for for the last part of two seasons, but the critical mass, he's not been good enough. Um, If they pay him the same money or more than Burrow and or Herbert, they are idiots. Um, But quite apart from that, they're about to pay him a significant chunk of change, and it may be the Burrow-Herbert, and it may be less than that, but whatever. What's the plan to protect a guy who's almost retired already because of concussion issues? When you're, you've are invested in a right tackle who's just about average, you ha, are letting your right guard, who's clearly been the better player of the two of them on that right side, go. There are question marks at centre. There are question marks at left guard. And the guy that you are talking about kind of loosely bringing back was injured for most of the season and has historically been injured every season and your left tackle, is only going to play half a season anyway and he might retire. And if he does retire or he gets hurt, what's the plan? Oh, and by the way, you've only got two picks and not a lot of cash.
0: Yeah, Uh, they're going to have to somehow turn those two picks into more and they're going to have to spend some free agent dollars on on an offensive lineman at this rate because they're just not getting enough guys back in the cupboard. Uh, They can like, they can like Keon Smith and and Ryan Hayes as much as anybody else, but those are developmental players and or backups, at least for now. Uh, I don't think you're going to thrust the Keon Smith into the st- starting spot. I disagree with you, by the way. On like, I, I think he should get a dollar more than Justin Herbert. Now
1: that they paid him what they paid him, that is what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's done. I just don't think that that's a. <laughs> I don't think that's a, you know, Herbert, there are, look, we're not going to get down this path of, of Herbert versus Tua, but, you know, yeah, I, I I just don't agree that you should be paying Tua that money. And I think if we took off our blindfold, not our blindfolds, our slightly rose tinted glasses, we would see that paying him 50 million plus a year and paying him 276 million over however many years is crazy. It's crazy. Um, I would make him play out the, the fifth year to see if he can, you know, be the guy. He's close to being the guy, but he's got to win the big games. He's got to. It's, you know, it's all well and good. He's a, he's a great guy. And we all want him to succeed, but fucking win a game, win a big game when it matters in down the stretch, in the cold, on the road, in the playoffs, stop collapsing at the end of the year. And I know there are extenuating circumstances in terms of injuries on the offensive line, which you just talked about, injuries at receiver, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, there's a whole... Great big, you know, melting pot of stuff going on. But other other quarterbacks cope. Patrick Mahomes copes. Josh Allen copes. You know, Joe Burrow copes. These guys cope. You know, so we've got to cope. And all of a sudden coming up on the rails of the whole bunch of young quarterbacks, CJ Stroud, here comes CJ Stroud, here comes Jordan Love. You know, here come these guys. We're about to see three more at least, you know, in the top part of the draft, maybe five in the first round. Um, you know, maybe six in the first round, but there's certainly three right at the top of the draft that potentially, you know, could come in and start very quickly. And you know, so I, I, I just don't see the the benefit, and I think that the deal will get pilloried, and I, I find it hard to defend. Uh,
0: I think he's going to get it. Yeah, I think he's going to get somewhere around. I think the Track number is absolutely spot on. I think that's the number he's getting that two Oh five for four. I think that's happening with like 155, 160 guaranteed, which puts him right in line with Justin Herbert and slightly in line with Burrow, but below him, I think that that's his number. And I think that's where they'll, they'll finally meet. Uh, and they'll save about $15 million on the first year, which they're going to have to use to, to try to keep some of these guys or try to get offensive linemen in here. Uh, but that's a debate for another day. Probably when he signs that deal next week. <laughs> okay. And we'll have Chris here to to battle it out. But we're going to go to a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk combine. Uh, kind of interesting day today. Uh, everybody I like is really short, Simon, on <laughs> day one. So we will do that when we come back. But first, these words. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. Five seven nine zero three five six. 579 356 That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts.
1: I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry.
0: All right, and we're back. Uh, brief uh, schedule, uh, of course, today is defensive lineman linebackers. Friday is defensive backs, tight ends. Saturday is the day that everybody's going to tune in. That's going to be a big number on NFL Network. That's quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And Sunday is dedicated to the offensive linemen. But today, uh, it was a defensive lineman. My three stars of the day were none of the edge rushers. We kind of expected some of these guys were going to be really, really good. Um, And... You know, that Chop Robinson blew everybody away athletically. That was kind of expected, I would say. But, man, the three guys that, man, they just look good. Like, those were good-looking workouts, in my opinion, were Byron Murphy, Braden Fisk, who, my God, like, he said he was going to do everything, and then he wanted to run the table on everything. I believe he did. I think he scored the highest out of everybody in almost every single drill and 40 time that he ran. And every single measured drill. And the last guy, Mackay Wingo, I thought looked really good. Now, here's the issue I don't, I'm not sure that any of the three fit in this system with Anthony Weaver. What do you think of the three players? First of all, what you thought of them today? I thought they were fabulous. But what did you think of them today? And how is their fit for Miami and especially in this defensive system? If we're Uh, assuming that what Anthony Weaver means is the truth, which is he's adopting what the Ravens did last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, what is the defensive system? I mean, Fisk is an interesting one because, yeah, this this was an offensive lineman in in high school. He moved to defense when he went to Western Michigan. He got better and better each year, transferred to Florida State for his final season, and then just absolutely blew up. Um, You know, kind of relentless motor, as we saw today at the Combine. You know, moves so well for his size, gets off blocks well, runs the football. Uh, he was insane in the ACC Championship game against Louisville. I thought it was unbelievable in that game, um, and just you know, just the whole season took his game to a to another level. He kind of, um, you know, and everything he did today at the combine was great. But in, on his tape, you know, you see vertical displacement off the snap, his get off, his raw power, his motor just never shuts down. Great closing speed, and you look at a guy at six foot three, two hundred ninety five pounds, and think, you know, you know, in this system he's probably not going to play inside but he's got that ability to, you know to play inside outside in a in a weaver front you know big guys on the line you know big interior defensive lineman so he's not going to be a every down interior defensive lineman but you could see him as a big you know defensive end in terms of what they what they might want to do um makai wingo again 61 297 interesting guy i think he's kind of slightly under the radar lot you know, people talk about LSU. People talk about Mason Smith, the you know who is the kind of the or who is the amazing athlete, hugely recruited defensive tackle who tore his ACL in in twenty twenty two. After all the mega hype, only eight snaps tore his ACL, um, and then sort of has worked his way back this year. And then who was the third guy you said? Oh,
0: Byron, uh, my number
1: one star oh. of the day, Byron Murphy. Yeah, Byron Murphy. I mean, just uh, you know, you you watch Texas, especially down the stretch, in terms of you know what he was able to do in his quickness off the snap. Uh, I thought was was outstanding. Just that great interior quickness, um, and also the, the thing about the thing about Murphy that you've got to remember, which is going to be absolutely key, and I think which is just another box reason why he'll go early, is that he's only twenty. He'll only just be 20 week one of 2024 NFL season you know so you look at 20 even on a five-year deal you know he's only going to be coming into his prime towards the end of that first Mm. first deal and he could be a monster at that point um so you know he's a potential three contract player um in terms of what he can deliver so yeah just the quickness the the movement skills the balance that he had uh he just operated at a level that was different to everybody else, apart from Fisk, really.
0: Yeah, and and for those that have the the size concerns, and my only concern is really the height. But the those who have size concerns, Aaron Donald was considered miniature for when when he was coming out of pit. So I would caution against that. Um, I do see his fit because he's just such a good football player. You find a, a way to fit him in. Uh, if Anthony Weaver comes into my 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 coach's meeting and says I don't know where I can play him it's time to fire Anthony Weaver <laughs> Simon right like he's a special guy like Byron, uh Byron Murphy is like I think he's a first round talent but I think he's uh he reminds me some of Kalaja Clancy but much much better uh he's the guy that you just fit around you you gotta find a spot to play him and he would if he likes rushing three Tech you gotta you gotta set up your defense. To have a consistent three tech out there, uh, I like him. I thought he moved up. Uh, you just looking at him, you know, just a simple, you know, first impression that he gave on on the field yeah. today. Like that was the, that was big. I thought the interesting
1: thing about the Texas guys, though, because you got Murphy, who's the start, but Devondre Sweat is the is the big, you know, the big oak, mm. the big people mover, 362, round a five twenty seven, but you know, I mean, he's three hundred sixty two pounds. But in terms of you know, the makeup and what they're looking for. Sweat is more likely to be a Miami Dolphin than Murphy. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because they yeah. they just like those big space eaters who can eat up people inside who can just, you know, the, the big oaks that can, that can hold up against the run and free up linebackers, to, you know, and and safeties to make plays. And you saw that with Patrick Queen. You saw that with Roquan Smith. You saw that with Carl Hamilton you know in terms of and we've seen it historically with guys like Chuck Clark who ironically is a free agent and wouldn't surprise me if Chuck Clark ended up as a dolphin this year but you know that that's what they like to do so actually if you look at the two texas guys whilst murphy to me is the standout sweat also a very good player uh and great strength we saw some of the leverage battles that he won at the senior bowl um in terms of you know absolutely ruining a couple of the, the couple of the centers uh, especially the kid from kentucky and um you know, you just, uh, uh he's more likely to me as a, as a Dolphin than, than Murphy would be.
0: Yeah, uh, on Sweat, any red flags? And I think we can move on after this. Any red flags that he didn't weigh himself at the Senior Bowl? He looked absolutely massive. And yeah. Presumably, he's in shape, quote-unquote, in shape for this. And he showed up at 366 pounds.
1: Yeah, I mean... Are the red flags? I, I suppose there must be because you know what you're hiding. Were you in the three seventies? You, you'd probably like to get him in and him be in the three forties, but is yes. it realistic that he's going to lose twenty pounds? Um, he might do if he goes to a Florida team, um, but it, you know I haven't dug into his background yet because I haven't got to DTs in, in, in detail. But you know, is there a history of weight issues there? I I, I don't know at this stage. You know, is there a eating history? Is the you know why is he three? 62 or 368 or whatever he was you know why is he not in the 340s is that just uh you know what what are his family like in terms of you know is his dad a big man uh those are the things i'd be digging into as well if i was Mm. a a scout you know because if his dad's five foot 10 190 pounds (laughs) then i'm asking a lot of questions
0: Uh, all right moving on friday is gonna see defensive backs and tight ends of the tight ends we you know we've been like going back and forth on only about all of these guys, a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of, a lot of talk really. And a lot of people are going to, although he played a lot of national games, a lot of people saw him play, but a lot of people want to get a good look at what he looks like. Cause he's rumored to run pretty fast at a pretty good size. And that's Kate Stover from, yeah, from Ohio state uh, ideal size. He's expected to run, lower lower than 4'6". That's going to open eyes. People want to see him out in patterns to see what he actually looks like as an athlete. He's the one who could make himself the most money, right? Of what um, is considered the top five-ish.
1: Make the most if we include a
0: Senna and Theo Johnson in there, Sanders, considering that, let's just say that for argument's sake, Bowers and Sanders are the lock, one and two. Okay?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd have Bowers, Sinnott, Sanders as my top three in Bowers first. And then I do like sinner I think he's a very interesting player. And I think teams will like him because he's clean. You know, he's incredibly versatile, hugely translatable skill set, comes out of a, a pro scheme. Um, I, I think, you know, he was excellent at the senior bowl. He was physical in the run game. He was the most difficult tight end to cover one-on-one in passing drills. He's very fluid as a mover. Yeah, good route trade craft. Uh, I think, you know, he just looks like a modern-day tight end. Um, Sanders, obviously, you know, physically jacked up, but only three years of experience a tight end. Uh, another guy who only just turned 21 just before the draft, but, you know, he's big, he's smooth, he's hugely athletic, he's got great hands, but he isn't a blocker. You know, this is not a Y tight end. Sinner is a y. Sanders will not be a wire, and and what I think is interesting about Sanders, you 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 turn on the tape and I watched four of his games in full in the off season. I watched a number of Texas games last season, but isolation four with him, and the the first three plays against Oklahoma, literally the first three plays on offense, are. Um, you know, this is what teams will be contending with because play one is he motions across and and, and just completely whiffs on a corner in space and falls over. Play two, a three-by-one formation, two blockers ahead of the receiver and he absolutely gets blown up and pancaked backwards down the line. Uh, Sorry, pancaked into the receiver by a corner Uh, and then play three, he blocks in line as the Y and just gets pancaked backwards on his arse and into his own running back. Um, And you're just like, you know, this is what, teams are going to have to contend with but you know let's not focus on what he can't do let's focus on what he can do which is you know he has got excellent hands he is a very good route runner and he is a you know he's an explosive athlete um so yeah those would be the three guys I think Stover then comes in probably after that but again look this is a a late convert to, to the position he was starting at linebacker in the 2021 rose bowl against utah for yeah. ohio state so he's not been a tight end for very long but he is tough he's more athletic than you give him credit for and he catches everything he's unafraid of the dirty work um he can move people in line uh, i like him he's a good player uh and, and the hardest part of selling a tight end to a gm from a scout's perspective is how they block and he can block you know, he can do it. He will fight and scrap, and uh, he's got good grip strength, good power, can move big men off their spots. So, yeah, I like him. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. I mean, there's a few guys that it's, it's an interesting tight end class because then you go down like, yeah, Jaheim Bell at Florida State, who's like Sanders, really, uh, and in the right offense, of which Miami, I think, is a right offense for Jaheim Bell. He could be a really good player. A guy both you and I like, A.J. Barna, uh transfer from Indiana, who probably did less – with more at Michigan in terms of he was asked to do something slightly different at Indiana he was just busting seams and and playing out wide playing as an X, you know, and they were just had him flex wide the whole time. Whereas here at Michigan he was he was much more of a traditional, uh, traditional Y. You touched on Theo Johnson, who's an interesting guy. The guy I the guy I saw last night you know, multiple games last night. It was a kid from Sacramento State, Marshall Martin. He's six foot two, he's 230 pounds. He's essentially the FCS Jatavian Sanders or the FCS Jaheen Bell, so Swiss arm enough, he was a running back, uh, recruited as a running back. Um, and when he has the ball in his hands, he becomes a running back. You know, he goes full on sort of Jerome Bettis, full on sort of Debo Samuel in terms of, you know, running over people, running around people, running through people. He's got speed, he's got bursts, you know, 21 miles an hour on GPS this year. Great hands, quarterback friendly, heavy volume targets. I, I like this guy a lot. Um, and he missed most of last year because he just, well, he didn't miss, but he played through injuries just the whole year, but it was kind of nagging injuries, couldn't really get going. But the year of two, in fact, the last two years, he was an FCS All-American. Interesting guy. Can block as well, even though he's undersized. He can block, certainly block, you know, he's never going to be a wine in line, but you know, this is a guy who can handle second and third level defenders. Good technique, ability to move people around. To me, he's a rock solid pick, and you know, I think he'd be a good player. And then you go down yeah, another guy you and I both like, Tanner McLaughlin of Arizona, Eric Hall of of, of Iowa was a Michigan guy, and then you down to the the Holkers, Jared Wiley, who some people are high on. Him, I just didn't really see it. McCallan Castles, Chris's guy, Tip Ryman. Brevin Spanford, Trey Knox at South Carolina's converted wide receiver, and on and on and on. So it's an interesting tight end group. But, you know, I'm going to be fascinated to see where Brock Bowers ends up. And I, I do think if the Dolphins had a third and a fourth round pick, and if, you know, I'm sure Mike, Dan- Mike McDaniel could scheme an awful lot for Bowers in this offense. Um, but to me, he's always trying to find George Kill because that's the, that's the thing that absolutely made the run game tick in um, – in san francisco plus he's a great he's a great receiver so is there a george kittle in this draft and that's a question that remains to be to be answered
0: yeah uh by the way peyton wilson just made a pile of money oh uh, i mean yeah <laughs> we'll get to him in in a second uh moving on to defensive backs. Pair. yeah yeah i like him uh
1: 11 surgeries though
0: yes that's a problem uh yeah. moving on to defensive backs if you know, if I was ever to do a blog about you know scouting cornerbacks, I would call it "Searching for Akeem Talib," because yep. that's been my. I think I mentioned this every single year we've been doing this podcast. So I'll mention it for the seventh consecutive year. He is my favorite cornerback prospect of all time, and I compare everybody with Akeem Talib. The last guy I compared him with 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 a Akeem Talib was Trevon Diggs uh i guess it kind of worked out he's pretty good although he had a pretty bad injury i found my to talib uh simon what do you say in to talk- tj tampa at number 55
1: yeah I, mean, I like the player i've talked about him on this on this on this broadcast before in terms of a guy that you know i think at the top of the in the very top of the the cornerback field you've got you know terran arnold who was great on the you know great at the At the podium today, you got Nate Wiggins at Clemson, who's long and fast and sudden and redirects quickly. You got Coolay McKinstry, obviously played opposite Arnold. You know, twitchy foot speed, foot speed gets his hands on a lot of balls. Twenty-one passes defense across his career. Quinion Mitchell, sort of from Toledo, who was dominant at the senior bowl, was the the guy that receivers just said, look, he's just really difficult to play against. And you know, you go down. You got Cooper DeGene. You know. Mel Kuiper had him at nine in his mock. You know, he fractured his toe, broke his tibia earlier in the season. But, you know, he's a, he started a cornerback, he started a safety, he started a nickel, he started a linebacker. He's this, mm. this weapon that can play all over. Run defender, coverage guy, athletic, tough as really tough, versatile. Uh, probably the best run defending DB in all of college football. Sticky coverage, more in zone than in man cover three. Um, you know, he's a good player but but Tampa I like you know a lot of translational traits yeah he's got good size good length long arms great speed lower body twitch lower body explosion um you know his family is a basketball uh, family so you know unsurprising that he's twitchy and 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 uh explosive in the lower half but he's instinctive plays a lot of zone instinctive in zone physical downhill against the run um, I saw Jim Nagy talking about him a few months ago and you know, on a podcast and said, you know, this is a guy that scouts are phoning him up and saying, you know, anywhere between the second and the fourth round. But, you know, athletic corners with 33-inch arms and ball skills usually don't last too long on draft weekend. And, uh, you know, I like him. He's a good player.
0: Yeah, and I, I think Cam Kitchen is going to run great. Uh, UM guys always run great. Uh, he's going to run sub 4-5. And he's going to draw eyes as far as one of the top safeties in in the draft and probably a candidate. I would say, at fifty-five, yeah. uh, miss, sat-
1: miss more tackles than I, I think you'll go before fifty-five. But miss more tackles than than I expected him to. And
0: does have some bad tape, uh, some bad. Yeah, I, take. I
1: don't think he's. I don't think he's. See, he might run fast. I don't necessarily think he's fast on film. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is you know he's a high post free safety. I think it's the best. You know, he's got absolute post range, ball skills, coverability. You know, keys quickly in the run game. But I just there were some. Things that happen this year that, you know, and actually, I think he has he fallen behind Newbin. I think he probably has. You know, Newbin's got instinct and range for absolute days. I, I like the kid at USC, Kalen Bullock. You know, he's athletic, he's rangy. This is a, you know, a true center fielder, makes a lot of plays on the back end. The guy that the Dolphins spent, uh, I'm told, spent a significant amount of time with um, over the last or last night, certainly. I think they had a meeting with last night and they've been showing a lot of interest in is the kid from Washington State. Um, uh, Jaden Jaden Hicks hmm. from Washington State, um, who I think is uh, you know another interesting player. Um, and he went to he went to Bishop Gorman, hmm. and it always makes me think about uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm th- you know what I'm thinking of do not you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Bishop Sycamore.
1: <laughs> Bishop Sycamore. That's the thing. But like he's he's played like he had 683 snaps in. 2022 as a sophomore 787 snaps on defense special teams in, in 2023 64 tackles 17 assists um four pass breakups two picks uh three sacks you know this is a kind of a strong aggressive tackler real kind of run you know hustle player tracks the ball well he's quick he's bursty in, in zone coverage he, he's a he's an interesting player um and, and this is a guy that the Dolphins are, you know, and they're clearly, you know, if we are adopting the Weaver, Baltimore, you know, defense, that, that's oftentimes three safeties. So, you know, and, and Brandon Jones is a free agent, Elijah Campbell's a free agent, um, you know, so so safeties will need to come in.
0: All right, and that takes us to to Saturday, a sexy day. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Uh, I'm going to start right here. Uh, where is Jordan Travis in his in his rehab? Is he going to is it going to work out this off season or no?
1: Uh, I I think it's unlikely. Okay, it's unlikely. I suspect um, he goes through everything that he can do on it from a mental side of things, and obviously, you know they'll check and recheck at the hospital and those sorts of things. But I don't think he will. It, it feels like it probably be too soon.
0: Okay, uh, what are his draft prospects? Because I absolutely uh, love him to to be a challenger for Scholar Thompson.
1: Mm. I'm uh, I'm with you. I I really like him. Again, somebody that improved, um, you know, in terms of his time at Florida State. I think I thought he got better and better and better as as he played. Um, I think he, you know, I think he only had two picks all season last year. Um, He's athletic. He's a great leader. Obviously, he played at Louisville. He's an older prospect, six year, uh, six year guy. I think his brother went to Florida State as well. mm -hmm. Kind of level headed. Uh, mobile, can get outside the pocket. Can throw on the run. Doesn't have a big arm, but has more than enough arm strength. He, he's accurate. Um, yeah, I just I, I think he's just a a good guy, uh, an interesting guy, uh, in terms of what he brings to the to the table. Um, and he doesn't turn the ball over. You know that's really important. Mm. He didn't turn the ball over with fumbles. Certainly doesn't turn the ball over with picks. He's careful with the football, but not to the detriment of you know he's not checked down Charlie. Um, you know he's enough size. You know he's the same height as Caleb Williams. He's he's probably fifteen pounds lighter. I think six one two hundred one. But but yeah, he's a I he's certainly a draftable guy on day three, regardless of the injury.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know if anybody's really going to make any money, but people want to get a good look of JJ McCarthy and in, in that setting, I would say he's the one who stands to make the most out of his out of his combine experience. Right? You agree? Yeah. I mean,
1: he's the to me he is one of the most um polarizing prospects in the entire draft i think uh in terms of look you know michigan i hate to to
0: interrupt you but i've been hearing all this hype and uh i just looked at i've been looking at j.j mccarthy as he's just a good college quarterback i never saw him as a pro prospect but all Mm. of a sudden yeah here he is he's a pro prospect now all of a sudden you know yeah
1: I mean, I, I think the things that people kind of talk about—the numbers and all these sorts of things but Michigan are a very boring run-first yes. team. Okay, they're very yeah. boring run-first team. College strat stats are extremely deceiving. You know, Michigan went fifteen and zero. They blew out a large part of their schedule. A uh, run-first team. So you have multiple things working against him from a statistical point of view. You know, Michigan don't play. Didn't play much in the second. He didn't play much in the second half. So you have to view his film through that lens. Uh, and once you recognize that, I think you see a number of transferable traits for him, um, as well as, you know, obvious leadership and uh, and those sorts of things. He's tough. He's got quick feet. He, he's a good athlete. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of play. There weren't a lot of games at Michigan last year where he had to be the best player on the field for them to win. You know, so he doesn't have a lot of that on his resume in terms of, you know, and we've talked about that with Tua, picking him the team up and carrying him on his shoulders. I think teams have been a bit concerned about how thin he is in terms of the frame. Mm. Uh, and I think Albert Breer reported that he, that somebody said to him, what was the quote? Something like a stretched out Bryce Young, something like that in terms of, but I think, he, you know, he's got, very good out, very good downfield ball placement. I think he's a good athlete. Uh, he's pretty good off schedule. I, I do worry when I watch him on tape, and I think I just need to see more volume and more pressure volume in terms of carrying a team and how he handles this particular situation. But I don't believe he's a great diagnostics guy, um, and I don't think his mental clock is necessarily extremely uh, refined. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think Sharon Moore, the, who's now the head coach, but was the, the offensive coordinator. I thought he more did an awful lot with him to make the game easy, to make the game simple for him. Um, but he is a, yeah, he is an interesting, uh, he reminds me a lot of Jim Harbor as a quarterback prospect in many regards, just a bit more yeah. mobile. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he ends up because he's clearly going to go in the first round. I just I don't see it. I've got to say, I don't see it. Um yeah, but, neither do I. I'm sorry. rooting
0: for a New England trade down and and picking him up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's gonna be fascinating what happens with the quarterbacks. You know, what's gonna happen with Russell Wilson? You know, I suspect Russell Wilson hits the market. What's gonna happen with Justin Fields? You know, Peter King had the the report that you know, they thought the Bears were going to trade. Now, the, there's some talk about Atlanta trading for him. You know, that might take Atlanta out of the market for a McCarthy at seven or a, you know. Then what happens to guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix and Spencer Rattler and, you know, going on down Michael Michael Pratt and, you know. um. So be, it will be very interesting to see how it plays out. But I do think these kind of... The, these guys that are going to get released or traded or, you know, I think that will make things more interesting in terms of you're going to have a number of starting caliber quarterbacks hitting the free agent, you know, the, the, the free agent market um, and where they end up.
0: Yeah. Not that, not that we're going to spend too much time on the running backs, but we'll, we'll give it, we'll give you guys a good watch list for, for the position. I've already handed out the Kellen Bellagio Award to Braylon Allen. He's going to dazzle people out there. And the more I look at him, he is Kalen Bellage, Simon. He is precisely Kalen Bellage, big, giant, beautiful looking man that can catch the ball and looks great on tape. Um, anything that catches your eye as far as what could be, I don't know, a draft pick of opportunity. Not that they'll take one at 55. I think it's a fifth round thing if if it's anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like obviously I like Benson. He's my number one back. I think he's explosive. He's burst. He's got long speed. Make people miss, and he's got great size. He's six one two twenty three. You know, so the, this is a the kid that I really liked and just kept watching. And I have not seen anybody having this high. Is Jalen Wright of Tennessee? And this is a kid who has delivered average six point seven yards per carry in the last two seasons in the SEC. He's got a home run hitters mentality. Yeah, um, I just yeah five eleven two ten he is a good player he's a high high school 55 meter state champion um a number of the highest forced tackle i missed tackle rate uh in the sec over the last two years he is a legit speedster um very good in pass protection eyes in the right place good hands um yeah, I he he I like him a lot. I like Marshawn Lloyd, the kid from USC. I think he's got outstanding contact balance, great feet, light footed, cutter, legit juice estimate of Notre Dame, big guy who I like. And then you're going into kind of guys like Jonathan Brooks, who I didn't love, and then obviously had the ACL, Blake Corum, obviously, mm. who's a who's an interesting player and you know, probably has the best um lateral quickness in the draft reminds me a little bit of chase brown the guy that i talked about last week Mayan williams of ohio state this is a guy that i really like um he's five nine he's 226 deshaun Fennec at oregon state i really like you got will shipley he's kind of a the swiss army knife tool The the kid ray davis at kentucky i mean amazing story he was homeless growing up uh for a lot of his time as a kid um he's speedy he's elusive he's an angle destroyer he's got a real low center of gravity he's like five eight um he's kind of a DeAndre Swifty, Mark Ingram type, can run inside, outside. And then there's you know some guys that probably people don't know so much about Imani Bailey at TCU. I like transferred from Louisiana Lafayette, he's kind of high energy, low center of gravity guy. Kimani Vidal of Troy, you know, kind of he's a poor man's Maurice Jones drew, averaged six yards per 5.6 yards per carry in 2023, with a lot of those a lot of those yards coming after contact. Um and then, you know, your guy, your guy uh, Braylon Allen, who I don't love. And then you've got the third down back. You've got Blake Watson at Memphis, who I really like. Uh, you've got uh, Dylan Lobby at New Hampshire, we talked about a little bit. The kid at Louisville, Jawah Jordan. Um, so it's an interesting class, uh, a really interesting class. But, you know, I, I certainly have Jalen Wright probably higher than almost anybody does. But I would not be uh, afraid of picking Jalen Wright. If we had a third or a fourth round pick and you wanted to add a back, you know, that to me is a value and it just ticks all the Mike McDaniel boxes of speed can can play on third downs because he can pass protect and he's got hands.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, uh, and this could be, I guess, I'll take the last word on this. Uh, I think Blake Corum could be this year's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where he's taken, I don't know, 31st. And all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, when, where did that come from? And I'll remind them it happened already once before when the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what was it, 32nd?
1: Yeah, although so, I would say, you know, what's happened to Clyde Edwards there would be a cautionary tale, probably to right. to Corum, who who I like, but mm. I, I that would be too um that would be too spicy for me on on the end of round one. Um, mm. I think he is a, as clean a prospect as there is in the draft. I mean, the the highest of high character, and like absolute football junkie, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just a really tough. But you know, is he? You know is he a is he an nfl starter or is he like mike hart you know who's ironically now the running backs coach at michigan is Mm. he that kind of guy you know he's he reminds me i'll tell you who reminds me of a little bit is aaron jones of green bay Mm. Uh, he's got that sort of you know he's tough he's got great vision he's got great hands he's shifty uh, lateral movement uh, I think he's that kind of you know Aaron's not a burner or a kind of a bowling ball runner but he's just you know he's bursty and he's got vision and he's got ins- nice instincts and um yeah, yeah. No, and people
0: that. and it's fresh in people's minds uh the failures of past Michigan running backs you know Tyron Tyrone Wheatley star Michigan running backs Tyron Wheatley uh Tim biakapatuka you know you you mentioned Mike Hart uh yep. yeah it's fresh in a lot of minds you know how these guys tend to bust out but all right moving on to a, a position that i think dolphins are absolutely uh marked for at 21 it's a distinct possibility especially after chris greer said look you know at 21 you know we may take a guy that you may think we're stacked at. well where where are they stacked well they do have tyree kill and Jalen waddle so you could it stands to reason you could say that they're pretty stacked at wide receiver so I think twenty one. I think wide receivers at play at twenty one. Uh, what what do the people want to see? What are our what are our fans our listeners want to see out of this wide receiver group? It's absolutely stacked, loaded.
1: Yeah, it's stacked and it's also a fast group. I mean, there's, there's about fifteen guys who've run under eleven seconds in the hundred meters, state champions, all sorts of things. You know, you've got a guy like Remy Dunze who's run 1067, 700 meters. You've got guys who've run ten fifty fives. You know, you've got Lad McConkie, he's run a 10.86. I, I think the Dolphins could get value in the second round at 55 with a player that you'd probably go in the first round normally. So maybe that's an Xavier Leggett or a, you know, a McConkey or a, um, a Troy Franklin or a Roman Wilson or a Jalen McMillan or a Jalen Polk or a Malachi Corley or a Ricky Pearson or an Adnai Mitchell or, you know, Tess Walker or, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on. Javon Baker is a guy that scouts really like. I mean, you go down the list, I mean, there's guys that you'll get, again, because the the, the class is so good, you're going to get second-round guys in the fourth round, you're going to get third-round guys in the fifth round. You know, you, you look at someone like Jamari Thrash or Taj Washington at USC or Malik Washington at Virginia. You, you've got Marcus Rossamy jack Saint at Georgia, who I really like. Is like, you know, just just hasn't played a lot, but is a really good player. Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice, you know, he runs a 10, 7, metres – you know, you, Mike McDaniel will have seen a lot of Anaya Smith at Texas A&M because you know he's very similar to to Devon Achan. He's just thicker, you know, he's same sort of size, 5'9", 191, But you know, he's a perfect fit for a McVeigh, McDaniel, Shanahan, Lafleur kind of toy. Um, so yeah, there, the I mean, this class is is really good. And then you go like you go down, you still got like Jacob Cowing and Isaiah Williams at Illinois and. You Know, I mean, there's a kid at West Florida, John Giles, who's you know, he's a division two All American. He was finalist for the the, the division two highs when the Harlan Hill Award, hmm. I and mean, he bounced around a load of sort of community colleges. He sat out a year because his grades weren't good enough. But my god, you watch his tape, and I, yeah, it's against small school stuff, but holy shit, this is man against boy stuff. This is kind of Randy Moss against kids kind of thing, you know, at worst he's a priority free agent you know he's a b63 he's 188 um but he's out there mossing guys deep down the field he's you know he can drop his hips come back for the ball he's just consistent separator he can stack receivers I mean he made a catch against Florida am which is uh, as good as anything I've seen in this entire draft class in this entire cycle he is um he's an interesting player so yeah I mean you're just going to find receivers all over
0: yeah, and now we move on to Sunday, and that's the last day of the Combine. They'll dedicate the entire day to the offensive linemen. Uh, give the listeners a cheat sheet on this day. Who do they want to see? Because this will be – because, let's face it, college football fans are not, you know, tuning in on Saturday afternoon to to see a Marius
1: Mims play. <laughs> <Okay? Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? mean yeah. So, Look, so what, are they, what
0: do they want to see on, on Sunday?
1: I keep half an eye on Olaf Ashner because you know that there are some people, and I've seen more and more mocks. And Mel Kype had him at 14, more and more mocks of him dropping down a little bit. Uh, the right tackles, JC Latham, Tyler Guyton. I mean, there's you know, the, there's a a scout said to me that, that Tyler Guyton reminded him of Tyron Smith coming out of USC. Uh, you know, that's the ceiling. Uh, he's, he's a right tackle, but and he's going to take some time. You know, but keep an eye on him, keep an eye on Jordan Morgan, look out for his, when he weighs in, how long are his arms? You know, the, the rumor is they're 32.7 inches. Um, you know, Troy Fatano, the, the kid at Washington who we talk about, he's, you know, absolutely right in Miami's wheelhouse. And there's a couple of other players, you know, Kieran Amagadji of Yale, you know, McDaniel's going to be all over a Yale kid. Blake Fisher in Notre Dame, he's a right tackle, but a, a good player. There's a guy at Utah Satoa Lumea, who's a former right guard he's played last two seasons at right tackle he'll probably go back to guard. Um he's an interesting guy, you know. Then you look at the guards, you know, Graham Barton, you know, short arms, played left tackle. You go back and watch his tape against Jared Verse and Florida State. He's a you know, he's a technician, consistent, solid. Lots of quality tape blocking on an island. He's very athletic, he's strong, he's got great grip strength. Um, you know, he might be a center, he might be a guy who can play all five positions um, there's some interior guys that I like Dominic Puny of, of Kansas is relentless, fast, precise player he's a cousin of aj epineza so if you know buffalo against miami there'd be an interesting matchup the, the two christians christian haynes at yukon christian mahogany at boston college mm-hmm. they're interesting guys and then you know you go down bucky williams a kid at App- appalachian state who's 6'2 298 he, you know he's not going to wow you with his size or his measurables but there's strong play on tape you know last two seasons actually he's physical he's a he's a mauler um and then you go down to the centers. Obviously, Jackson Powers Johnson, who was dominant at the Senior Bowl, has only got one year, but does he go off the board earlier? The Rams looking for a new center. The Steelers looking for a new center. They both picked before us. Zach Frazier of West Virginia. He's six foot two, he's 314 pounds. He is an absolute nailed on fit for this scheme. He is a zone center ad infinitum this is a four-year four-time state champion wrestler you know outstanding grip strength you know physicality intelligence was brilliant last year in 2023 and he's i you know he was the best center to me in in college football last year He broke his leg and the right at the end of the season on the final drive against baylor um you know and this is a guy that instead of laying on the field with a broken leg he, he literally sort of crawled slash limped off so the team wouldn't get a 10 second runoff when they were driving down to win to win mm. the game he is smart and tough and experienced and he's quick and he gets up at like Tyler Lindebaum used to get out you know watch his take gap on the outside shoulder of that that interior DT that's what he does hand replacement anchor against power um yeah, he's a he's a guy as well that you know. Let's say Miami trade down a little bit from twenty one to the to the late twenties or the early day two pick up and you know, let's say they get an extra second and a and a third or something to 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 move down. Um, you know, Zach Fraser would absolutely be in play depending on what the plan is with with Connor Williams. And then there's you know, guy Chris likes Tanner Bortolini at Wisconsin, who's started yeah. at left guard, right guard, center, tight end, literally over the last two years. Started all 12 games at center last year. Inconsistent a little bit with shotgun snaps. Uh, There's a kid at Tulane, Sincere Haynesworth. Yeah, 3,987 career snaps. Four years at center, one year at right guard. Started, never missed a game. Started every game since he's been there. Just a big guy, road grader, loves to hit, fundamentally sound, play all three positions. Not physically dominant traits wise, but, um, you know, Bo Limmer, Arkansas, he was the guy that got absolutely shit canned by. By Tavondre Smith at the uh, at the senior bowl, but he can play. Um Matthew Lee, a guy you like at, at the U, He's a little bit yes. on the side, 288. But again, you know, he's a he's an interesting player as well. There's a kid at South Dakota State, Mason McCormick, you know, was excellent. At the Shrine Bowl, good hand strength, solid anchor, six four, three ten. So yeah, I mean, there's some some good centers, some good day three centers you can come in, compete, back up, play for guard, and just churn the bottom of that that roster and that offensive line room
0: yeah uh on the way out uh one thing i I think you could clear up for for the people because i think you have a really good answer on this because you told me this one time uh matt lee uh, i posted his pff score his uh production score he's number one out of all the center prospects uh jpj is number two one thing i could tell you about matt lee uh you only played one year at the u this this past year uh played every snap He's a fabulous football player. Like what a season he he had! If I guess you know, uh, they have, there's some websites that have him in the top ten. Others have him as high as seventh, as far as centers, which puts him as as a day three prospect. Uh, how do you reconcile that? What is hurting Matt Lee? He's a he's an older type because he's he's a transfer. What's holding it? Because What's holding him back from from getting more highly touted into day two? Because there's nothing wrong with his tape, his last year at the University of Miami.
1: Yeah, I think he's – I don't love his – I think he plays high and it's coachable, but I think he loses leverage battles. I think he can get – he needs to get stronger. I think he gets a little bit overpowered in the run game. I think he comes off the ball high. Um, he loses the leverage battle, like I said. He, he often feels like an effort player rather than a uh, a fundamentally sound technique player at the point, mm. um, you know. And what I love to see with Lyman, you know, you know when you know you're obviously trying to lock out and move, but if you can't lock out and move, you your your hand replacement, displacement, replacement, is you know, it is it, so key, it's so critical. You've got to have fast hands. You know, that's why so many offensive linemen box and and you see them, you know, boxing and those sorts of things. Because it's, you know, you get your hand knocked away. Can I get my hand back inside on the breastplate and, you know, continue to steer? And I don't think he's he's great at that. Um, you know, I, I think he's I do think he's got good hands, but I just don't see it consistently enough, I think. And that's the that's the issue for me. But uh, I wouldn't surprise me if he ends up as a dolphin. Uh, you know, he, he ends up getting picked in the. He, he's like a sixth round Miami Dolphin pick. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, like I, I love him. Like I, in the sixth round, I'm I'm looking at him as one of my my BPAs for the sixth round. And as a UDFA, he would be a priority guy for me. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right, uh, we're going to end it right here. Enjoy the Combine this weekend. Next week, we're going to be free agency intensive because we will be essentially a week away from all hell breaking loose and a bunch of new dolphins. Or maybe the same ones coming back. Not all of them, but some. All right, we will talk to you again on Monday.
1: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you
1: do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%